Welcome to the Sense of Soul podcast. We are your hosts, Shannon and Mandy. Grab your coffee, open your mind, heart, and soul. It's time to awaken. Today with us, we have Laura Haver. She is obsessed with uncovering the secrets of how to live an unstoppable life. As a coach, writer, athletic, and mom, she has successfully pivoted many times throughout her life and career and loves empowering her clients and readers to do the same. She has decades worth of coaching experience and has helped hundreds of people to experience play, adventure, growth, and inspiration in their lives. Right now, she is currently writing a book called Whirlwind Parenting, which just that title, I think (laughs) we all can relate to as parents. And it's really a pleasure to have you today to help us go through this whirlwind and get her suggestions on what we can do. So welcome, Laura. It's a pleasure. Really nice to be here and to get to chat with you guys. I've been really enjoying your guys' podcast and everything you're up to. And I just love the opportunity to sit down and talk with people and share ideas and figure out how we can, what we can do to live in this whirlwind and to make the best of it for ourselves and our family. Yes, Mm -hmm. this is exactly the time we need it. Here's to 2021, you guys. (laughs) Yeah. Last week we had on a guest who was amazing. She has a program called Relax Kids, and it's really about teaching mindfulness and meditation to to children. And then yours popped in our email and we're Mm -hmm. like, okay, thank you universe. Because we know right now, this is the stuff that people need to hear with Mm -hmm. where our world is at. And we always try to jump back to the beginning before you were a mom. Let's talk about Laura. Who's Laura? Wow, who's Laura? Okay, well, I guess as a, as a kid, I've always loved writing. I wrote a, a story in kindergarten about all the crayons coming to life, and I've just loved writing and speaking and, you know, performing, I suppose. And then I fell in love with sports. I became a tennis player, and that was really a large part of my life. I played competitive tennis. I played in college, was a Big Ten champion, and went on to coach. So I coached tennis for a long time. And I really, like my childhood nickname was Play Play Maloney, which is my maiden name. I just love play. And I try to bring that play and lightness to everything I do. You know, it's been an interesting adventure going through life and going from childhood where play just comes naturally to getting older and being, okay, I need to get a real job and going through all like getting married and having family and kids and trying to hold on to that magic of play in life and help giving that away to people, reminding people that that's important piece of life. Yeah. I didn't go to the level you did, but I was, I played lacrosse in high school. But when we have to hang up those shoes or hang up those cleats or hang up that, you know, your racket, I don't know. (laughs) Yeah. It was weird when I finished, it was like, I, I was at the gym after I graduated college. And I remember one of the trainers being like, so you're a recreational athlete. And I was like, offended oh don't call me a recreational athlete you know it's like anything with your identity you relate to your identity and you need to keep figuring out like what is it about being an athlete that I like and how can I use that in a new way you know that's really what led me back into my writing again more full-time I was competing on the beach tennis world tour and there was supposed to be this huge event in San Diego and it was the Anoc World Beach Games, which is like a pre-Olympics, right? It was going to be in Mission Beach on, in my hometown. It was going to be this amazing thing. Players from all the world, around the world in like 28 sports. And suddenly the United States didn't raise enough money. So it got yanked to the Middle East. And I was like, 
what I was really, really crushed from this because I was either going to compete in it or help promote the sport. Had to pivot what I loved about that. And that's when I went back into my writing and I dug back up my old book I was working on and that re-inspired me to change into my parenting book. So, you know, you guys know what it's like. It's always just an adventure. And you know what? We had a guest on just last week who challenged anybody that wanted to play tennis because he loves to play it and he's very competitive, but he lives in Israel. So if you ever look right. well, that, 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 you know, <laughs> hey, Matt, we'll, have to, we'll have to see how we can work that out, but maybe I'll challenge you to a beach tennis match. And then oh, we'll no, we'll really you, win. you get the W on that one. I'm good. <laughs> I didn't even know there was such a thing. Yeah, I know. It's not as popular in the United States, but it's huge in Brazil and Italy and countries around the world. I played in the world championships and tons of people are interested in it. It's really starting to grow. We'll see what happens. We're trying to work towards getting it to the Olympics. So you have this thing that you recently started called We Write the Story 2020. I mm-hmm. love that. It's a challenge, right? It's, mm-hmm. So can you tell us about that? Sure. So it was, it was Friday the 13th, 2020. And I'm at my kid's school watching this performance that my niece, her short story was selected to be performed. It was really cool. And all of a sudden we get the note that school's closed. We're going to be sent home. We don't know what's happening. I wake up the next morning and my brain is just like thinking, you know, I think of all these parents that suddenly whatever they had planned, now they just have their kids home. There's all this unknown unrest. And I'm, I'm like, okay, this is what I do. I coach kids. I love kids. I like play. What can I do to help? So I just sort of made up this challenge. We write the story 2020 where we write the story. We get to say what it's like. Clearly, this is not the story we would write. We would not write in this, but how can we work around it? How can we make the best of it? So we started posting a game every day, 20 minutes a day of connection with your family and trying to be connected with 20 messages a week originally was the idea to stay connected with your greater community. And it's been really fun. You know, if anyone wants some ideas for fun things you can do at home, you don't really need to go buy anything. I tried to just use what most people would just have on hand, just to be present with your kids and have fun, connect. Yeah. I really loved rainbow breathing. Yeah. Yep. That was with Dr. Chris. That was a really fun one. We've been Mm -hmm. connecting about that one and just a way to calm yourself down. I'm really interested. I have to talk to your other guest about the kids meditation and mindfulness. Mm-hmm. I work with my kids, but this one is cool. You color and you color a rainbow as you do square breathing. So it's the four breaths in, hold, four breaths out, hold, and then you just pick up a different pen or marker. There's something really peaceful and beautiful I find about drawing the rainbow and it helps to calm your kids in the meantime. Yeah. I love it. I, I also loved random acts of kindness. Uh-huh. Um, can we just give you a shout out for the closet cleaning <laughs> one? <laughs> I want to try to make ordinary things fun. How can we make cleaning your closet fun? Everyone has to do it. So let's pick something small. I think that reminds me, I have a junk drawer game that I wanted to do. I haven't gotten to that one yet. I'll have to pull that one out. So how, how did you make the closet fun? Okay, I'm trying to remember back to that one. I don't know, if you if you just come at it with a fun attitude. Don't try to take on too much at once. Do a small section, one small section at a time, you know, and thinking about the end result. My oldest son, he loves cleaning out his closet. He just thinks it's fun. So I just got lucky on that one. My younger yes, son, did. he likes to mess up his closet. So, you know. Uh, right. How many kids do you have? I have two, an eight and a six year old, two boys. Oh yeah. That's fun. 
I mean, right now, two boys, eight and six, having to keep them contained in any way would be very difficult. Yeah. I remember back before I had kids, when I was tennis coach, I used to just run the kids. The, like, the moms would be like, just run them around. So I'm like, just sprint them, you know? So I try to get their en- extra energy out and keep them doing exercise with me too. And I bought this Christmas present for my nephew. It is so hilarious. It's a hide and seek poop. So it's it's this little electronic and it's a rainbow poop and you click it and it has like this little silly song about poop. It's a hide and seek game where you go and hide the poop and kids think poop is so funny. (laughs) I do. My sister-in-law just bought me one. It's like throw the burrito. It's like these squishy burritos and you stand back to back and you walk four steps and then you turn around and it's like, they don't hurt. They're super soft. And whoever gets hit with the burrito first, so weird the games they're coming up with. I remember playing board games hours upon hours with my mom and dad and my little brother when I was little. I mean, my dad, especially, he was always wanting to play a board game. My kids do too, especially here in Colorado when you have like snow days, we're not going nowhere. So what are we going to do? We did a um, make your own game board. We've done that as well over the years. You know what else I absolutely loved? I loved how you're implementing life lessons into your games that you're coming up with. So you did one that was on um, race and racism. Mm-hmm. I mean, how appropriate and what a great way to bring up the topic. I wanted to thoughtfully think of a way that I can talk to my own kids and share it. So, you know, I'm, I love reading and I love writing. So I, I went to books. I looked up fun books that you can read where kids can get exposed to different cultures and, you know, different races within the United States. Or, you know, I like to do that with other countries around the world as well. Incorporating an art and drawing where they can, you know, draw pictures and use different colors for all the different kids and just Make sure that I'm really opening up that conversation with my kids, checking in with them, what they've experienced in their school life and when they're not with me, and just start start the dialogue on how we need to stand up for people and make sure that we're doing our part to help the world come together and to, you know, I know it sounds cheesy, but like celebrate our differences and really work together, appreciating everybody and doing what we can, really educating them from an early age. You know, you're trying to come up with games that are simple, that people don't have to rush out and spend a bunch of money on. They don't have to add to their Amazon packages on their front porch. I looked at 20 of them and I'm like, how is she coming up with all of these? (laughs) Yeah, I feel, I feel really like, I feel really blessed in that it wasn't just me. Like I was getting it. I mean, you guys talk about this stuff all the time, right? Like virtual guidance, or I just pray that I can really use like my personal skills and gifts to help serve other people. And I really felt a strong need, especially in this time. Truth be told, we had a blast doing it. You know, when we were doing them every day, it was super fun and super special working on a side project, play together, like a little book of all my games and what we learned. I love it. You turned uh, lemons into lemonade. Yeah, you know, you said something that I want to go back to earlier. You talked about how when you were an athlete, playing, you know, that piece of playing is really important to you. So you thought about like, when I was an athlete, what was it I enjoyed so much about it? Because we do see a lot of athletes that go through almost like depression because they lose that piece of identity. I love that you said that because 
a lot of times, like my husband and, you know, he went through a lot of depression when he had to hang up his cleats. He liked the guys, the locker room. He loved just the, the teamwork. And he also loved just the playing. So it's about looking at what it was that he liked and then being able to implement it in another way. And it sounds like that's what you've done. Yeah. And that's what I like to work with my clients on as well is taking your own play inventory. So you think back to what came naturally to you as a kid. What sparks joy? What do you do just for fun, just because you want to do it, not for any other reason? You know, like you said, like he liked the camaraderie and he liked working together and and maybe he can't compete as a football player, but maybe he can find those aspects in a new arena so he can still experience that play, but just experience it in a new way, which is super fun too, if you think about it, because if you just play the same thing for your whole life, I mean, I would imagine it would get a little bit boring after times, you know, so finding ways to mix it up and to make it fresh so you can stay in that flow state, right? Because part of being in the flow state is extending your skills. Once things get too easy, then you're not really in flow. You're just sort of doing it. So by raising up the stakes and trying something new, then you keep raising your level of flow and you can apply it in new areas. I think that some kids, well, out of high school and stuff, if they don't go on to play, also have the challenge of not being coached anymore. So they're like, okay, well, what do I do? Who's going to coach me? Where's my fans to cheer me on? Mm -hmm. And just being able to find that within themselves too. Right. Like, what am I supposed to do now? Because there's something cool about the accountability of being on a team or working with a coach. Yeah, for sure. I saw a post this morning from one of my husband's old football friends at UNLV and it literally almost had me in tears because I I never knew that he didn't have a dad and he gave this big shout out to all these coaches in his life that he feels like were father figures to him and raised him. And he was talking about how now he gets to coach and implement that for his children. And I was like, oh, that's so sweet. Like you don't realize how much these kids look up to these coaches and their teammates and how much it means to them. Yeah, I mean, I love, I love sports. I, I get like funny about it, but you know, there's so many life lessons. The same thing can be true in music and theater and all sorts of things, but it's just any avenue that kids have to go come together on a shared interest and help work towards you know, growth or pushing themselves. And they're just little mini, mini outlets, mini experiments of how you're gonna be when you become an adult. And you can test these things out in areas where, okay, if you win a match or you lose a game, it's not as big of a deal as if it, you're in real life and you know, you can think of a million, you know, all the examples of that, but. My dad passed away a few years ago, but I'm still going through some of his stuff for the first time. And I, because my mom just recently moved. So I'm going through these boxes, you know, deciding, do I keep this stuff or do I not keep that stuff? Obviously my dad had chose to never throw away anything <laughs> to keep everything. And he literally has, and I thought it was just one file, but it wasn't um, a, a file. And I'm not even kidding, probably about this big every single one of my son's schedules and every single one, you know, everywhere he went for every single sport. And he would write like win or lose next to every single game or the score or something, you know, whatever it was, whatever sport it was. Like seriously, that was his pleasure though, was watching my kids play sports. I mean, he would, that was the only time he ever shut down business 
that was his relaxation. My youngest just has, wants nothing to do with sports. I've never had a child like her. So I'm like, oh, okay, well, what do you like? <laughs> because yeah. I don't know anybody like you. <laughs> so it's interesting, yeah. but she likes art. So I'm glad that you mentioned that, that you can find that in so many other things too. Yeah, definitely. I've had other people like that. have told me those stories too. And it's just finding whatever it is that lights you up and yeah. what is that lights her up. And sometimes you can take those things and you can find your common ground in them. You know, like my oldest son loves the NBA and my husband yeah. never really liked watching it. Right. He just like, okay, well, I want to, I'm going to see what he's interested in. He totally got into it. Now he like watches like ESPN post-game reviews and we all get together and watch NBA. It's like, it's so cool, you know? So it's, it's interesting to see where, what our children, where they lead us and how they can oh, connect us with our play and yeah. just connecting with them. Yeah. And you should let them lead you. We have all these dreams for our children before they're even born, yeah. which I feel like is kind of not fair. Uh, yeah. Now, you know, having a younger one, I would never pick her dreams. You know what I mean? I would never, yeah. I mean, I would even stop myself from envisioning her in something that I would desire, you know, since yeah. I know that her accomplishments are not mine. What yeah. do you think about that, Laura? Well, okay. I was thinking about everyone has such different interests, right? And so like my one friend, she's an amazing musician and her, her kids can like play guitar and sing and like write songs. And I just find it interesting, like as a parent, how our interests can affect and shape the lives of our kids. And no matter what, if you guys have your own interests, of course, you're going to show them to your kids. And of course, you're going to offer them to your kids. But like you said, in the case of your youngest daughter, they might not want to go down that path. So in those cases, as long as we are open to their path, I think it's totally okay and normal for us to say, hey, I'm really into tennis. Let's go play. And I take my kids out and we play. Like my kids are maybe like the only kids in all of San Diego, besides my sister's kids, that play beach tennis, you know? And so we can offer what we have and then listen to our kids and what they want and still be open for that, we can still expose them to our interests, you know? And of course we're gonna have thoughts and dreams for them, but you yeah. know, my kids are still a lot older, so it's easier for me to say. You know, I have to just share this because it goes with what we're talking about. I highly recommend We Are the Champions on Netflix. It is so freaking funny and fun to watch. So it's about all these weird sports and activities and events that people do all over the country. And one is the cheese roll where they put the cheese down the hill and people chase the cheese and they train for this. It is the craziest thing I've ever seen. And then there's the frog jumping where, I mean, these families from all over train these frogs and the champions are actually right there in California. At, by the end of it, you realize it wasn't about winning. It was just about the family being together and spending time together. And they did a really good job with it. It's super fun to watch. And I loved it because it just comes back to what you said, Laura, playing. Our world today, everything's so serious. Everything is so upside down right now that we need to learn to play more. Yeah, that's awesome. I, I, I'll definitely check that out. In fact, I think my husband was watching it the other night because I saw the people like rolling and running down the hill. So, it stressed uh, me out. I will, I will have to check that out. Yeah. 
Yep. But it's about traditions and family. And it, they say it's a way to speak to their ancestors because their ancestors are the ones who created this game. And it's a way for them to merge for the day. And, and the story behind these games and playing is a lot of fun and meaningful. Yeah. You know, some of my best memories as a child was going to these tournaments with my parents. You know, we'd travel around, we'd be spending this time together. And it was awesome. Like, I so appreciate them taking that time with me and, you know, everything that that allowed me to experience and learn in my life. It's been pretty cool. Agree. I was my brother's, like, you know, the team moms. I was my little brother's team sister because I like would never miss a game. You know, it is a way to bring you and your family together. That's for sure. Yeah. And that's what I'm part of my book is about the family. Like, so I'm, I've been a coach for so long. So I consider as a parent, I don't consider it parenting. I consider it coaching. So I'm the coach, my husband's the coach and the kids are the players and we're a team. And mm-hmm. it just it has such a better feel to me than me being like, go clean your room or, you know, whatever you need to do. It's like, okay, we're a team. And as a coach, I have to learn from my players and my players need to learn from me. And I love I'm not bossing them around, you know, when to coach them and when to learn from them, when to give them room to make their mistake, when to step back and not coach them. Be like, you're having a moment. You need a minute before I can, if I tried coaching you now, it would just slide right off of you. I love that. I'll give you one that we do. I was a coach too. I coached seven years, my daughter. So in the mornings to get them to like get going, we used to make it a race. And so I was like, okay, on your mark, get set. I mean, if they would jump out of bed, try to beat each other. And I have, I had one that was tiny and one that's in high school, but he's autistic. So it was kind of even playing ground. But even when we would get in the car, I would do like this. All right. And we're off. And we get to the first checkpoint. And what do we got? Oh, we got these blocks in our way. We're going to get around him. And I mean, I, they would love when I would do that. Now that now that they've gotten a little older, they're like, shut up, please don't. <laughs> <laughs> it was fun when they were littler. How fun. I love it. it. Fun. I said, you're just making the routine fun. You know, you have to get ready in the morning. So why not turn it into a game and make it a race? Yeah. yeah. In my house, we've had to tweak our games to where there's not a winner or a loser because my family is so competitive that it ends up just not being fun at all. (laughs) I mean, when I say competitive, we take it to a whole nother level over here. (laughs) And I think that's because we have all, you know, my son was, you know, D1 athlete for a while. My husband was, I I was an athlete. I don't know, but we, we get very uh, competitive around here. (laughs) So so it sounds like you guys need games where you like try to beat your own personal records and you guys are on the team kind of a game. Exactly. Yeah. So I kind of got this vibe when I went through your website that you have this idea and you put it together and you were kind of vibing it, but then you kind of went off and you started doing beach tennis with your Uh sister again. Uh And then you were kind of like, had your head a million other places like me. (laughs) And then the pandemic happens and this like just amazing door opened up for you and you have just completely blossomed. And now you're just exploding with this brilliant idea of ways to play. Well, that is so sweet. Thank you so much. Like I said, it's been a total adventure and I was working on a separate book, like my other book, which I'll get into next after my parenting, but I was working on that like playbook for happiness and then the the, the hit and I just had this idea and I'm making all these games and like, what am I going to do with this? 
and then it sort of turned into my parenting book. And it's just, it's just like a wild ride. You don't know what it's going to be. And I just sort of keep praying about it and trying to follow my heart and how I can help serve people and stay away. You know, I think that aligns with what Shannon and I talk about a lot. When you know yourself Mm -hmm. and you know what makes you happy and what your purpose is, because sometimes if you just sit back and the universe will just guide you and God will be like, here you go. I'm going to hand this to you and you just go with it. And then it's like everything just perfectly aligns. It's amazing. I know. It's so cool. And and really, that's what I just want for everybody. I just want Mm -hmm. everybody to step into their play to think about what's important to them. I mean, clearly we're all going to have responsibilities. We're always going to be in the whirlwind. Life is always going to hit us in the face. And, you know, how can we learn to dance in the storm and how can we mm-hmm. enjoy it the best mm-hmm. we can, no matter how ugly it is and what can, how can yeah. we come together and yeah. how can we help other people with what we've got? So I love it. I mean, I'm like that. I'm a playful parent. My kids would definitely say, I mean, sometimes they're probably more mature than I am. (laughs) (laughs) And so there's always something like that happening in my house. So that's funny. I've never actually thought about it. So, you know, this is just, you know, how we've always been. But yeah, I, we are definitely a playful, silly, um, and probably not so appropriate sometimes family. <laughs> well, well done. Really well done in creating that atmosphere and vibe and yeah. sort of doing it naturally. I think that's amazing. Dr. Stuart Brown is like one of the leading experts in play and he reflect, thinks back about his life and he wishes he would have brought more playfulness like you're already doing to his life. Yeah. Not being so focused on work, but yeah. finding play in work to light everything up. Every single one of them I brought to like Jimboree kind of class play classes when they were little. I did that, you know, until they could go to school. So like I was always involved in trying to find them things to do because they do, they have so much energy. So what are you going to do with it? And right now, if you don't give them something to do, they'll just be looking down at their phones. Yes. Yeah. So finding ways to just even just five yeah. minutes a day connecting that's yeah. why I think I've got me into the games. That's yeah. what I like to do. So sometimes it's hard as a parent to stop and be like, how can I connect? It's just easier to do this. Oh, blah, 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 you know? Yeah. And yeah. so it's like being intentional about it and coming up with things you can do. Uh-huh. Yeah, sure we all play, play on our video. We all play video games though on our phone. Like Kensley, my youngest, has us all playing Roblox. So they'll be like, six of us in the living room because even like my daughter's friends or my sense that we'll all be doing it but at least we're doing it together right well it's completely different if you guys are engaged in it and you're laughing all there that's a that's an experience of you guys Uh, that's totally play (laughs) that we got we have a nintendo switch we got it so we could all four play together so we'll all have fun and my husband and I think it's fun and nostalgic because we used to play video games as kids and right, of course, you know, old school Super Mario and yeah, you you know, Laura, you did a blog. First of all, I love your blogs. Mm-hmm. I went, I read them all this morning and last night. There was one where you also talk about how sometimes as a parent we have to do work stuff, we have to do things that make us happy, and so you talk about how you can still find ways to do that and implement your family into it, so you can still do what it is that you might want to do or need to do 
and make it fun for like everyone. I forget the title of the blog you were talking about, but I was thinking about that because a lot of the things that I enjoy doing and that I love doing, sometimes I'll just isolate myself and go off and do it on my own. When realistically, you know, instead of being separate from my family, I could go and implement them in and find ways that they might enjoy doing the same thing as I am doing. Like what, what do you think you could, like what was one that comes to mind? You know, for, of course, meditation, you know, as a family, we could do meditation. Um, even, you know, even last night, I kind of isolated myself into the room as was going through some of my uh, merchandise and in our inventory. And mm-hmm. um, they were all out there wanting me to come watch a movie. And so I was like, you know what, I'll just move out there and I'll sit in the living room with them. And it's just kind of about that space and that energy. And then the next thing I know, they were all like holding the stuff and looking at it too you know, things like that. My family used to do that. My kids, I mean, we were just talking about this with my daughter who is now in her twenties, but she grew up at my mom and dad's house, helping him with his filing. And she loved to do that. And she would help with his numbers and like updating his computer on a piece of paper, graph paper. That was his computer. (laughs) Erase change the number. Okay. This is the inventory for the day, but she would do that for him my son as well. And we laugh now because a lot of those skills that she loved helping her grandpa do really have helped her in where she's at right now. So I, you know, I think that kids think it's fun. I I heard a story the other day that this kid was pretending she was a teacher, which I used to love to do when I was little. Oh, but she was, okay, everybody mute your Zooms. Okay. And I like this is the new play teacher oh my gosh this crazy world that's really funny no that's great I love it getting the kids involved and and also showing them that it's not just about only play because you know some of the stuff is you know self-growth and you know daily happiness habits like meditation and but how do we approach the things that we actually have to do in life and make them fun like that's amazing those stories about your daughter helping him file and now she can do that and she can do her filing now with honor and she can be organized and you know teaching these life lessons and these life skills showing them that we need to do it and we're doing it and we're doing it with our best approach yeah how do we get it done how do we make it a race like i've done those things for sure we've done so many races i sometimes i wonder i worry are my kids going to be too competitive because we we also race a lot of places (laughs) We were always making everything like a competition around here, which is not actually good to do that all the time (laughs) because then they carry that over to like school and it seems like they're always having to win to feel good. So, you know, I had to kind of like simmer that down and take a step back and be like, okay, it's not about winning. But again, that comes from a family of athletes. Laura, you mentioned that at the beginning of, you said learning from them. I think sometimes parents forget we forget we have a lot to learn from these little ones sometimes a lot more than we have to offer them actually (laughs) they know how to push our buttons and as soon as our buttons get pushed then we have an opportunity for our own growth you know in Mm -hmm. working in my book thinking about how because it's really about how to calm your kids how to connect with them and how to coach them when when they push our buttons and we don't know we need to learn on our own, we need to figure out where we need to grow so we could teach them. If they push us to our edge and we don't know, we can't teach them. We can't coach them. So it's a good hit over the head. Like, okay, I got it. If I can't sit with them being sad about something because I couldn't sit with it myself, how can I, 
how can I manage that? What can I do so that I can be a better parent for them? And I can get personal growth out of it as well. Yeah. Well, you know what? Let's dive into your book for a second, if you don't mind. Mm -hmm. So you've kind of given us a little bit about what it's about, but if you were to break it down, which I know is probably so hard, or what were your favorite chapters or what topics that you most enjoyed writing about? I'm really interested in a lot of them, but the first is the whirlwind concept of just life is just coming at us all the time. And I don't know about you guys, but I feel like there's just a million things to do, a million more things I want to do. And just the fact of like acknowledging the whirlwind and acknowledging like, not only do we live in the whirlwind, but we're raising human beings in the whirlwind. And it doesn't matter what age our kids are, right? Because we're raising them. I'm still being raised by my parents right now. So just acknowledging the whirlwind and giving ourselves some grace, like it's okay to make mistakes. Like I work with that on my kids and myself all the time. It's okay to make mistakes and to grow and just acknowledging all the parents out there and myself included for all we do every day, just to make it around in this crazy whirlwind. And then I touch about some surprising research, like, and how it touches into our happiness research and how it applies to parenting. The research shows that people expect things to be like good things are going to make your life so much better and bad things are you expect is going to make your life so much worse. But the truth is we mostly stay baseline. And I feel like that's super freeing for parents because if you don't, your kids don't get this great thing that they want, like they don't make the travel soccer team or, you know, I don't know, whatever experiences they don't happen, they're still going to be pretty good. And if something bad happens, they're still going to be pretty good. And I find a lot of um, peace in that and like an ability to just relax. Okay. I just can sit back and let life happen instead of being, you know, type A, go, 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 make it all, you know, get on the practice court, you know, that kind of thing. So that's sort of like more of the opening and the introduction to the book. And then I get into the, the three C's of whirlwind communication, which I, it's sort of all the technique that I've learned over time as a coach we kind of touched on it, like being calm, getting your kid's world. Don't make them wrong. Like if, you know, this is a younger kid example, but if they're scared at night, like, oh, there's nothing to be scared of. Don't worry. That's not going to be helpful for them. You know? So it's how to, how to come to their world, how to slow it down. And they're just kids. They haven't developed their prefrontal cortex. Like they don't have these muscles that we have. So how can we stay calm and keep them calm so we can connect with them? We can dance with them. We let them lead like we talked about. And then if the time is right, we can coach them. And I think it's really important that people find happiness and accomplishment and all this stuff in themselves and not look for it in their children. Like your children cannot be your greatest success. I mean, that they have their own lives. They have their own accomplishments. They're not yours. They don't represent you. Literally, they shouldn't. And that's, that is something that I didn't get. And so that, that's one of the lessons that I learned. Because I thought, well, gosh, they will show that I am accomplished as a parent. Are you kidding me? Absolutely not. They have their own accomplishments. You don't steal them. They have their own journeys. And you cannot find your hat. You can be happy with your children, but they cannot be your happiness. I mean, there's a huge difference. And I know for myself, I just thought life was being a mother, making your kids happy, safe, making them. Did you hear that? Making them. And, and that would be wonderful, but I wasn't happy myself. 
you know, I didn't feel success for myself. So I looked for them to show that and that's just not fair. So really separating yourself from their journeys, letting them have their own successes and you find yours. Yeah, that's great. It's definitely, it's definitely true. And, and thinking about, I feel like a lot of people in our, in our society think that being successful leads to happiness, but it's really, it's the opposite way around, right? Being happy leads to the success. Yeah. So you, you talked about um, communication. Obviously that's key. You, didn't you, you were, you mastered in communication too, right? Yep. I, I actually got to, I went and lived in Sydney for a couple of years and did a program there. It was a lot of fun. Oh my gosh. That's so awesome. I love it. So communication is key. So playing is an amazing way to communicate with your kids about difficult things, hard things, um, everything. Those C's that you were talking about, what are, what are, were they? You said calm, calm, connect and coach. They're upset. You got to bring your own calm because there's a, you know, I won't go into all the science of it, but you know, you guys know this feeling, right? When you're around somebody and they're upset, it gets you upset, right? It's called social and emotional contagion. So whatever someone else is feeling, you're sort of naturally drawn into it if you're connected with them. And so it's up to us as the parent to try to keep raising the bar instead of sinking into their upset because we're, you know, have more experience in our emotional development and our emotional tools. And what's the other two? So what's the other two are connecting. So connecting, you kind of, okay. So when I was writing, I was going back and forth to you connect or calm, but I go calming first and then connecting is when you really listen to them. So in the connecting stage, that's when you're going to listen. You're going to ask a lot of questions. You're going to let them kind of clear their heads. This is assuming that they're like having like some kind of upset, right? So the three C's go for any time, but specifically they're extra useful when your kid is having some kind of issue, upset, any reason why you need to really like lean in as a parent and then, and then coaching. And then the coaching is, you know, the coaching one-on-one. So one of, one of the tips I don't think I mentioned yet, which is super important as a coach is you want to tell them what to do, not what not to do. So like as a tennis coach, if I would say, oh, your, your toss is too low. They're not going to know what that means. They're just going to be like, well, I can't do that, but they'll, they won't be left with what should they do? Okay. Well, raise your, raise your toss. So it's as high as when your arms are both extended, you know, I want to be specific about what you actually want them to do. And as a parent, it's a big deal because we might say, don't leave that on the floor, but then what, what do they do with it? You know, maybe they know, but the more specific we can be, it's like a small coaching tidbit, but it's very useful. Yeah, especially with boys. <laughs> Let me just tell you, I can remember I would send my daughter and my son down to their bedrooms and say, here's the bag, put, empty the trash, your trash in your room into the bag. My daughter would go down, she'd empty the trash into her the bag, she would tie it, she'd bring it up, she'd put it outside, she'd get a new bag, put one in her trash can. My son, he'd go down to the basement, empty the trash into the bag and leave them both just right there on the floor because I was not specific with him. <laughs> so no, I'd have to say, Connor, Connor, I need you to go down to the basement, walk into your room, pick up your trash, put it, dump it into the trash bag, tie it up, bring it upstairs, go into the garage, 
put it in the trash. <laughs> okay, I had to do that with toilet paper. So like, you're really good with the whole trash thing, Mandy. That's awesome. My kids are still struggling with just putting the toilet paper on the roll, which I demonstrated brought the entire family from 23 to eight into the bathroom to demonstrate this <laughs> and still later on, I don't know if they thought it was a freaking joke, but they put the toilet paper roll right next to the sign that says you will not lose brain cells by putting the toilet paper roll on. Maybe you should make it a game. Maybe uh, you should make it playful. Yeah, I think go. they're playing games start, with me. <laughs> make it Why playful. Why so difficult? Okay, I'm not expecting like, you know, how the paper's got to be in or, you know, or out or any, I'm not, you know, crazy picky about the way the toilet paper is. I just want it on the freaking roll. Start from like a habit perspective. So habit training says, take the smallest step and just start with one, right? So there's like the atomic habits and there's the tiny habits. So I was trying to think what you could do for that. The science of it is <laughs> to make it, to break it down into the smallest Thing you can do so like if you're gonna if you want to start flossing your teeth you would floss one tooth right that's what they say start with one okay. thing really small yeah. so what's the smallest thing you can do you can take the old toilet paper off maybe you just start with the paper <laughs> off the best way to to get it to happen is is you have to stack it on another habit that you already <laughs> when you finish a roll of toilet paper you take it off yeah <laughs> I don't know. That one's hard to think about that one and, uh, and get back to you on that one. Well, you know what? I'm wondering if maybe you got one of those freestanding toilet things where you don't actually have to take it off and then put it on and then hook it back in. Oh, my just... kids. Oh. Yeah, because my kids said that that's why they don't do it. My, they said it's hard and it's annoying and they can't ever get it in the circles. So they just are my like, kids forget say it. that too. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So the ones that just go right on. Yeah, make it easy. Oh, so that's sad. definitely one hint of habit making is make it easy. But maybe you can just make it. I mean, I know we talk about competitions a lot, but seriously, <laughs> whoever can get seven empty toilet paper rolls in like their box in their room first wins a prize. And then, and then make it maybe, brain maybe shakers. Maybe get more okay. than seven yeah. because you want to establish time for them to get used to that habit. So once the game is over, that they're just going to keep doing it. Right. So <laughs> hey, so let me tell you what my family would do because okay. they're so competitive. They would secretively go in their room, unwrap seven <laughs> things of toilet paper, hide it under their bed, and then freaking come out and go, look, mom, I have seven. Okay, so I like that. I, I can get that. And I really appreciate their sneakiness and their dedication <laughs> to victory. I guess you have to like lock up the extra toilet paper. There you go. How much you get. There you go. Your will need a lot of extra parameters, I'll just say. Yeah. Can't wait to read your book, Laura. I will say that I had no idea that it had like such science behind it too. Yeah, well, I wanted to, I want to like include some of it, but I don't want to get too technical because at the end of the day, I know a lot of people just are like, I don't care about the science. I just want to know how to make it work for me. So I'm yeah. trying to be, I appreciate that busy parent. So mm -hmm. I have a lot of summaries and bullet points. And I specifically said, you know, read it in any order, get what you need, read extra, and I'll footnote some science. I'm sort of like a happiness researcher nerd. I love that stuff, and I've been researching it forever. So so if someone were to go on your Instagram, they'd be like, wow, this woman, like, has it totally together. Her kids are adorable. Her house looks amazingly clean. She's got all these freaking amazing play games. Like, do you ever just have a mental breakdown, and you're like, ah! 100% yes, please. Like, oh, this is the beginning of the original quarantine. And I'm sitting here and I'm 
kind of just losing my mind over stuff. Like, I think I decide that I'm going to like clean out all the cabinets and I start pulling everything out on the floor. And suddenly I'm like having my own little meltdown in front of my kids and my husband. And I'm just like going nuts. Then luckily, you know, they just come in my husband helps me clean it up. And I just think to myself, I kind of laugh and I say, okay, this is what I help people with. I can help myself with it. And that's when I made my daily sanity checklist, which anyone, if anyone wants it, they can um, go on my website and download it for free. It's just all these habits, all these things I've studied, like bing, bing, boom, make sure you're doing these things every day to keep your sanity, which is even more important when we're pushed to our What are some examples? Like exercise for 10 minutes a day, you know, depending on what your exercise levels are, you know, I'll go more than that, but exercise, you know, I have a great, a gratitude journal. I write in my gratitude journal every day, five things a day and why I do it with my kids also at night. We, we just talk about them eating one whole food or healthy food, reaching out to someone in your life, touch base with a friend, having conversations, just simple things that are the bread and butter of daily yeah. wellness. Yeah. I appreciate you coming on and sharing some of these things just to remind us that we've got to just loosen up, play a little more, pay a little bit more attention to our kids and interact with them one-on-one. So important. Yeah. And, and really taking time for yourself as well. It's hard yeah. to be there for your kids if we're at our wits end. So absolutely. Yeah. I know it's harder to do that now, but <laughs> out little times or, or, you know, like Mandy said, like bringing the kids into the things that you have to do and have, figure out ways to make it fun. You know, it's, a, it's definitely a whirlwind. It's an adventure. Yeah. Awesome. Well, congratulations for um, just putting your light out. And it's obviously needed right now because there's a lot of people that have gravitated towards what you're doing. And I definitely think that timing is everything. And there's a reason the universe is like, okay, Laura, it's your turn. We need you. Well, thank you. Um, and if any of the listeners out there, you know, if they have any ideas for games, I'd love to hear from you. I'd love to, you know, partner with anybody on ideas. So just send me a message on Instagram. And if anyone needs any support in overall wellness or access to play, I offer a free uh, coaching consult to go over your base wellness and help light up your play in your life. So, you know, feel free to reach out. I love it. You know, as a person in recovery, when you, when you're, when you get sober, you forget how to play. You have to relearn how to play. Adding play into my life, not with my children, but just as an adult has been a hard thing for me. So, you know, I love the word play. And actually, I think Shannon, it was last year when with the Hollywood medium that we had on where he said, I need to play more. I've really been thinking a lot about that. Sometimes we really get stuck in uh, just being so serious about life and about everything that's going on in the world and we forget to play. So again, (laughs) love it. It's awesome. Some of us need to be more serious and stop playing. (laughs) That would be me. <laughs> but you know what, Laura? I do have one for you. Do when you go to the grocery store, do you do scavenger hunts with your list for my kids? You mean? Yeah, that's a fun one. I've done that one before. One of the grocery stores we go to like hides little teddy bears, and we have to find oh. them. What do oh, I? What do what, what I do with my list? So I'm like, okay. Oh, you do it with style. Go for it. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. I love it. I love that you're doing it. One they of the hate shopping. One of the one of the playful games that I like to do is to turn waiting for the doctor fun. Okay. So oh, like okay. when you're like waiting to, for the doctor and you're sitting there, you get in the one room and then you're waiting in the other room and you're really tired of waiting. So we have a special game that we made up that we only play in doctor's offices uh-huh. and it's what would you rather be? And we basically just look around the room and we'll pick like 
would you rather be the couch or would you be the sink? And then we go crazy in funny instances. And then we talk about why. And it's just, you know, I try to find ways to stay connected and teach yeah. my kids that there's things you have to deal with and how can we deal with them the best we can. Yeah. So just training yeah. them well, like you're like your shopping one, because we can yeah. get fun for ourselves. Oh, right? yeah. that, that, you know, that one was definitely one that I had to come up with because they all hated shopping. They were, they were the kind of kids, okay, I got what I wanted, let's go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've shopped mostly by myself right now, but I bet. Yeah. I, I listen to you guys on the podcast and I, I really like to listen to podcasts while I grocery shop. That's my way of that, that's awesome. turning grocery that. stores into fun. Oh my gosh. You've been on so many shows lately. Congratulations, by the way. Thank you. Do you have a podcast coming up in your future? Oh, I, I definitely want to have a podcast coming up in my future. I have a whole list of all these things I want to talk about and I love people. I love being with people. Yeah. So I, I, my big goal is to just get the book out first. And I'm also homeschooling. I'm homeschooling my boys now. So my time is limited. Yeah. But I'll have to pick your guys' brain about the podcast. And yeah. You know, um, and I wanted to say one thing really fast is I think it's important for the listeners to know that even though your children are younger, a lot of this stuff you can do with older kids too and teenagers. There's a way to play with your teenagers, people. We just assume they'll roll their eyes and be like, whatever, mom, which they might. <laughs> get them involved. What I learned really yeah. through all those challenges, let their creativity lead. And guess what moms out there and dads, if there's a day where you don't have an opportunity to sit down and play, don't beat yourself up. Like Laura said, there's this word called grace. And right now we need to give ourselves lots of it. I mean, it's okay to have a bad day and it's okay to not sit down and do a craft and it's okay to tell them, sorry, you, you're going to have to do it on your own. <laughs> yeah, put on the TV and watch it together, you know, just yeah. take it easy and show your kids, model it. Like when I'm tired, I sit down and I say, I need to take a breath. I just tell yeah. them, I got to model it. And now it's time for break that shit down. Thank you for listening, everybody. And thank you for this amazing podcast, The Sense of Soul, and to just like take a time out to learn and try to like grow yourself and use your own gifts. I want to break it down. Like you are doing the best job you can. You are, you are here. You are waking up. You are trying. You are out there. You are connecting. You are making mistakes. And that's totally cool. I make mistakes all day long. Keep making them, but keep learning from them. And please think about your own play, what lights you up, how you can give your play away, how you can find play in the monotony of life. I love that. So not only don't forget to play, but give your play away. Love it. Yeah. I'm going to write that one down too. That was good <laughs> shit, Laura. Yeah. Like, man, you guys are so fun. Thank you so much for having me. Oh my God. Thank you so much. When is your new book coming out? It's coming out next year. I have to, okay. I'm still figuring out the exact date, but I'll let you guys know. And if anyone wants to get in on it, I'm crafting the subtitle and I have a little group. So if anyone's interested in it and giving ideas, you know, hit me up. I'd love to hear it and share some extra ideas. With and they can awesome. hit you up again one more time. Oh, my Instagram is Laura M. Haver, M for I should have gotten my Instagram sooner. Oops. And got my full name. My website is just Laura Haver, H-A-V-E-R.com. And I awesome. have some blogs, some fun stuff and lots of fun freebies for people. Thank you so much for taking time out. All Thanks, right. Laura. Thanks for being with us today. We hope you will come back next week. If you like what you hear, don't forget to rate, like, and subscribe. Thank you. We rise to lift you up. 
Thanks for listening.